Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime, and I actually have a special guest with me today. Please introduce you and see who you are. Hey, I'm Chris Kepler. I'm an audiobook narrator, producer, and consultant, writer, and voice actor. I've been in voice acting for about 10 years now, and I just love it because it combines my acting and my singing skills because I used to be a singer. Okay. So where can they find you for your voice acting projects? They can find me at my website, www.chriskepler, that's K-R-I-S-K-E-P-P-E-L-E-R.com. Alright. Yeah. So, we'll just knock it off. Well, this particular episode, we're discussing voice acting as a whole, and also, special guest appearance of Miss Kipler here is going to provide us more insight to the voice acting career. Uh, with voice acting, what do you like about the industry that you have experienced? I like uh, the variety of work that you can get. Uh, I especially love doing character-based work because uh, I'm a character actor. Um, but I also do, you know, I enjoy doing explainer videos. Um, I've done a lot of e-learning. Uh, I enjoy that. I've even had to do character work for e-learning. But I really like e-learning because I get to learn along with narrating it. So, yeah. Okay. So, being a character actor and being a voice actor... What are the main differences in regular acting opposed to voice acting? Voice acting is even more difficult <laughs> than, um, you know, if you're on stage mm -hmm. with other actors or even, you know, in a film. Yeah. Uh, because, you, you know, acting is, part of good acting is reacting. And with voice acting, there's nobody there to react to. So you sort of have to have your own little storyline in your head that you're imagining as you're voicing characters or uh, even an explainer, you know, video. So, um, yeah, the hardest part is, is there's no one there to react off of, yeah. like, you know, another actor. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you have to use your imagination more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the unique skill with voice acting is that the only thing they have to exaggerate, just acting-wise, is the voice. So yeah. that's why there's a lot of vocal exercises, and as a result of those vocal exercises, you get into, like, you know, if you're doing a squeal, well, the squeal has to look authentic and sound authentic. So yeah. you have to project your voice to that tone that they're particularly looking for to match the character you're doing it with. And that's just, just doing voiceovers. There's just more stuff like just, just the voice. You know, I can be very happy today. Yes. You know, stuff like that. You have to emphasize your voice in a way that is matching what they're looking for. Also portraying the yeah. character more because... The the only connection you have to the character is the script. 
that the script in front of you is literally everything you need to know about the character, who they are, where they come from. So you have to imagine being in their shoes as you are literally representing the character from a vocal standpoint. Like, they're yeah. animators to animate the character to give them motion and movement, but you really are the character in a way. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, even in my little booth, I have a very tiny home studio, but um, mm-hmm. you will find yourself moving your arms around, and that <laughs> helps you also yeah. get a character. Because um, that's not going to, yeah. as long as you don't hit the mic. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know it helps. It helps. The so mic, there's 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 a lot of body good. movement going on in front of the mic too. <laughs> True. So what's like a routine you like to do before the voice acting gig starts? Uh, I'm, you know, I look over the script, um, and you know, I. I think about that character, um, what what I'm feeling as that character in that situation, and I'm also going to, especially if I'm doing a, a very specific character, I'm probably going to practice um, that character's voice, and I'm going to do it in different ways. Okay. I'm just not going to go with one way. I'm going to, you know, experiment. And so when I'm when I step in front of the mic, I know exactly you know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I've even had some game projects um, where I was I was a harpy. <laughs> My character was a harpy. Oh. And um, he wanted I had sort of a picture of the harpy's movements. Uh-huh. There were no words. It was just all sorts of noises that the harpy would make, and um, and I would go through. Uh, and this is not unusual. Uh, I would have to voice what the harpy was doing in that portion of the script in about four or five different ways. So I'd have to come up with different voice inflections just for that one movement. Four or five of them. And let me guess. This this harpy had like twenty. Uh, let's just say sixty movements, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. It, it, it was it was it was a lot. It was a lot of different inflections to to come up with just for you know. <laughs> yeah. Did you find yourself that uh, you had to drink a lot of water for that voice? Um, I just find, actually, when I'm in my booth, um, mm-hmm. drinking a lot of water, period, is important. Yeah. Yeah, to keep you hydrated because you you dry out really quickly, really quickly um, in the booth. So, um so yeah, I've got I got a big jug of water there always, and often stopping um, to get a drink because yeah, it uh, it you get dry dry really quickly. Okay, so when you're submitting a uh, voice acting audio file, 
Yes. Is it most of the time that they call you and then you do it in your home studio, send a file, or is it like live in video uh, on set, like they're with you when you're doing the voice acting? Uh, most of the work I do is I'm just in my booth. They've given me directions. We've probably done some, you know, scratch recordings to make sure that I have the right right stuff going on. And then I just send it to them, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if, at least you can look at the convenience of your home. And you, yes. you, set, you, you pace yourself in the studio that you set up. And actually, I would imagine that you have every, uh, you know, the right microphone, volume control, and mixer maybe if you need to. Also, a room that is what? Audio conduction? Yeah, my little studio is, um, the microphone sits in an alcove. Mm that um, we've put acoustic foam all around gotcha. and then um, in and then we've put uh, sound dampening curtains around the alcove um, so it's um, I guess uh, yeah it's it's very quiet I I certainly meet the noise floor for audiobooks so um, <laughs> Yeah, don't get any extraneous sounds in there. <laughs> so, like, I know from my standpoint, it's like I know what vocal acting does. Uh, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm not a vocal actor, my, my actor myself, but mm-hmm. I have different inflections in my voice that I like to do just for comedy yep. effect. Yep. So I know that aspect, but like you had to have a lot more voices, just a few. You gotta have like. 20 different voices, right? Oh, you have to come up with whatever voice the script calls for. Um, I, I have done audiobooks where, let's see, I did a children's audiobook that had seven different animals that I needed to come up with a distinct, was it seven or ten? different animals I needed to come up with a distinct voice for some of them are easy like a snake or yeah. a, you know a baby deer the anteater took a little thought <laughs> it's like okay what does an anteater sound like yeah the, the <laughs> anteater I, I would imagine giving some weird accent I I know. I said, "What what does an ant eater have?" Oh, it has a long tongue yeah. to put in to eat ants. So they talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. You really gotta yeah. It's uh, yeah. Whatever you can you know come up with, I. I, let's see, uh, I voiced a, a fantasy book for, it was like a, uh, for teenagers, and it was about wizards, and it had dragons, so, and, and a saber-toothed tiger, and 
So I had to come up with, yeah, voices for all that. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, you just, you know, and, and they, but they have to sound real too. Yeah. You know, they can't be too, mm. um, too, you know, cartoonish because it, it just yeah. doesn't come off quite right. Yeah, I, I once, yeah, also voiced a, uh, a comedy book that the villains sounded like Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> oh my. So, so I went out and I watched Speedy Gonzalez cartoons on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that yeah. vocal training, you, you have to immerse yeah. yourself in sound, uh, sound files and dialect sound, and... Yeah. Yeah. Also yeah. Whatever. That, yeah. 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 The inspiration. Yeah. Sometimes the inspiration, there is no pre-existing character or known archetype for that character. You just have to make it up. No. You just, you just, yeah, yeah. Come up with it based on, you know, what's said about the character in the yeah. book. Sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you're constrained with certain characters. Yeah. Um, they they said this is their certain sound, so it's like okay, that's their certain sound. I need to you know, sort of sound like that. Uh, but uh, and then other times it's just okay. What does a good dragon sound like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I find that the world of voice acting is very immersed. You get to the character, but like, which character are you going to do today? My my job is literally I'm playing a parrot. Now the next day I'm playing a person explaining how to do this video. I'm uh, yeah. wash sinks and I'm the informative yeah. washing sink voice. And you want to buy the sinks because my voice is telling you to buy the sink. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like stuff like that yeah. would be like yeah. It's like how do you describe your job? Well, I I had to. Watch six hours of the Speedy Galales film, and <laughs> by watching all of these Speedy Galales clips and cartoon, I was able to find that, yeah, mate, I can do this and be really good. Uh, yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that would probably be like your go-to interesting story. Like, what is one highlight um, that totally threw you off for like voicing that character? got you into like the biggest writer's block ever. It was like really hard to voice. Um, I did. Uh, I did a, a uh, and actually IMDB credits for this. It's a video game called Agony. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's literally, you have to escape from hell. <laughs> Okay. It's, it's it's a very scary uh, video game, and I I was voicing the martyrs, and um, I it took a while to get to the very dark place and find all the dark voices that I I needed to use. Because um, I was more than one martyr, so I had to come up with different voices, but they all had to be some sort of creepy and 
Gary and yeah. <laughs> How did they cast you for mortals? I, I'm just wondering, like, what? How you get cast to be a mortal? A martyr. Yeah, mortal. So I, I was, I was a uh, resident in hell. Yeah, I know, but like, yeah. how did they cast you? How did they find you to find to do that part? I auditioned for it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually my voice is um, uh, it, it's good for dark. Um, I'm good at horror related stuff. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. You put that on your resume. What is people's reaction to you doing that video game? Um, you know, I don't, I don't talk about it a lot. If I do, I say that I scared my dogs while I was voicing it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to make such horrible noises. It scared my dogs. (laughs) Well, your dog just didn't go in the room in the studio with you. Actually, it was worse than that. They came, my, the uh, curtains that we have that surround my studio don't go all the way to the ground. They can actually get in there. So they came in. They're like, what's wrong with you? Oh, my gosh. And they just immediately ran out? <laughs> yeah. I'm oh. like, it's okay, guys, but I can't have you in here while I'm doing this. <laughs> How long did they stay hidden from you after that experience? Oh, they stay, if you make noises they don't like, they stay away for like 30 minutes or so. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's they, impactful. They, yeah, they're, they're very sensitive. The, uh, <laughs> uh, the first, what do we say, the first reaction to your voice? Was ever a time the, what, the dogs like just stayed in the room because they loved a particular character you were doing? Voicing anything scary, it's yeah, they're here. Um, they, you know, they, um, as long as I'm not, you know, howling or screaming, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good howl that you've done? Oh gosh, I wouldn't say it was a howl for for a game. I once sang off key at a really high key. key? It sounded pretty awful. <laughs> like a D note? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was high. It oh, was not God. quite there. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't, oh. At least it's not like the opera voice breaking the glass. Yeah, it was an opera voice. I have actually <laughs> sung opera, so it was, yeah, a really high opera-like voice that wasn't quite there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that that was the yeah, yeah. Oh um, my gosh! <laughs> what's what's probably the biggest project you've done? Like it took multiple weeks to do this project because there's so much in the character. Uh, the biggest project I've done so far was an audio book, a fiction audio book. 
called uh, The Aftermath, a novel that I narrated a year ago. It took an entire month to finish it. And um, it had multiple characters. And um, the one of the main characters spoke in a very distinct manner. And it went throughout the book. <laughs> Um, and so that was difficult to recreate that very weird manner of speaking, you know, um, throughout the book. It's like, well, did I get that right? Cause she had, the author had described the manner in detail. So I had, it was like, okay, I, the author's described it this way. So it's gotta be this way. And gotcha. Um, What's the like signature catchphrase that they would say a lot? Uh, they really didn't, and they didn't have one. Oh, it was just whenever they spoke, it was well. I want to say it like this, and okay, I'm. It, it was it was bunched. You know, they would bunch their words and then speak you know, slower, and then bunch their words again, and so, but there was no catchphrase, okay. but you, they had, whenever they spoke, to do that sort of bunching and slowing and bunching and slowing, so. What's your favorite line? <laughs> what? Did you have, like, a favorite line that you said that was just, that kept, that stayed with you after doing that project? Make that you do a little like voice tempo of that. Oh, the the character. Yeah. Oh, okay. He would. Uh, okay, it was. Um, are you okay? Can I um, help you with something? Okay. Are you sure? Okay. That it was. Yeah. You know. Um, sort of pieces of sentences almost run together and then stretched out and then, yeah. That's so strange. <laughs> so they ask you to do it like that and break it up and have like mid-sentence stop and then say something else. Yeah, yeah. It, it had to, you know, sound like it is that? all the like, way through. I'm looking at a very specific dialect or a, a, a speech mannerism. Yeah, it was very specific, and it had to be all the way through, and he had no, you know, lines that were repeated. It's, he, he didn't, I can't remember him repeating anything, you know. Um, it was just that specific way of speaking that had to be, you know, every time he came up, it's like, okay, oh, here we go. That's, I don't know, that's kind of crazy to me that the... I mean, you know, sometimes you get, like, such specific, detailed requests that I was like, well, if I... Was there ever a project that you found that you just could not do based on what they were asking for? Oh, I had someone that wanted a specific 
whispering, and I could never make them happy um, on what kind of whisper they wanted. Whispering, it's very hard to make it sound right in front of them, you know, Mm -hmm. with voiceover. Whispering's a very difficult one in the first place. So, um... They, I never made them happy with the the exact whisper that they wanted. Uh, But again, that's hard. Whispering is, it's hard. Well, whispering, I I would also feel like if if they wanted you to do an entire audiobook with whispering, you'd probably say no. That's too much work. No, no, I'd say no, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I will be there with you someday. It's just like that whispering aspect doesn't really like, I don't know. There's very few characters I can think of that actually have a great whisper. (laughs) Yeah, it's very difficult, and you can't do it for a long time in front of a mic. It's it's pretty difficult to do it. Yeah, so. Like, I've even, like, you know, I even faked snoring, and that was hard, because I was, I don't snore. So I did fake snoring in my sleep, and I even started coughing because it was just hard to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah. yeah. So I, I can't imagine how uh, whispering in a very detailed voice can be even more difficult. Yeah, and this was actually a shorter project. It was it was just, uh, you know, letter length, but it was still, it was, yeah. It, it never worked out quite right. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, like, to be honest, when people want to hire someone to do a voiceover, they just imagine they can do any voice imaginable, but, like, you can only do the voices that you are comfortable with and have experience with most of the time, you know? Yeah. It's literally, like, I think to find the right voice actor, you really have to dive into the portfolio. To see if they're like the exact match you want. You have to listen to the sound clips. Find the projects they've done. Go to their credits and actually see the scenes that they have done that voice that character. That's the best way to find the best voice actor you want. In my eyes. Because, I mean, it's a little homework to do, but like... Because with the voice acting field, there's very limited people in that field anyway... Actually, it's a pretty crowded field um, at this point because um, it's fairly easy to get into. Yeah, it's easy to uh, get into, but, but the high yeah. the high ranking jobs are very hard to get. They are very hard to get. That is that's true. And also, you know, there's so many different specific areas that at this point, I have like I don't have just one demo. I have like I have specific demos for um, video sales letters. I have a specific demo for explainer video. I have specific demo for e-learning. I have specific demos for different types of audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, but it you know it gives them an idea of you know and then. You know, when I'm going to send someone a demo and I sort of know what they're looking for, then I can sort of match that to, you know, 
um, what they're looking for. So you can get, you know, closer to what they're looking for, you know, unless they want, lots of times they want uh, an audition with a specific script. So that's, that's really common. Okay. I'd say that's probably the most common now is, um, audition with a specific script. So, okay. So if I had like the phrase MC anime is so great, come on and watch our show. How will you break down that sentence into like a voiceover, like projection or like proposal? Um, well, I would, um, well, I, you know, I have a little pitch script mm -hmm. that I pretty much follow. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I have, um, yeah, I have trouble writing stuff off the cuff. So I have a, <laughs> a pitch script, you know, that is, is sort of, um, you know, hey, I, you know, um, I specialize in bringing your content to life. I've brought a prince, a princess, a witch, an anteater <laughs> to life. Um, and I've narrated over 50 audio books, most published to Audible. And, um, you know, I look forward to working with you and bringing your script to life. So that's sort of, have that little pitch that, you know, pretty much works for everything. So Cause that most voice acting jobs. So I have that. And then if they don't ask for a, if they don't have a specific script and they just want a sample, then I choose the sample that's mm -hmm. best matches what I think they're, you know, from their description of their script, what they're looking for. So, okay. That makes yeah. sense because not only do you have like, well, I have my pitch and you know, I'm doing like this and this and this. I'm the witch yeah. and the anteater. And by being the witch and the anteater, I was able to do this. My experience exceeds the 50 different audiobooks. Yeah. And you yeah. know, if there's yeah. like different, I know there's like different variations in changing your voice. Uh, yes. There's like different ways to like heighten your voice and the vocal training and do different breathing exercises. Yes. You, is there like a breathing exercise that you like that finds to be very comfortable, get you into the mood? You know, that's I. Uh, that's where my singing and my opera training comes in. Okay. And I I don't do any specific exercise before I step into mm -hmm. the booth, but while I'm narrating, I am thinking about. Um, where I'm thinking about where my voice is starting from. Oh, okay. Uh, and that's, that's a singing technique. It has nothing, I, I bring it in from my singing experience. Oh. Because um, I, don't, I don't want stuff in my throat. I want it to be in my mask gotcha. of my face. And that's, especially if I need something to be, you know, uh, a certain loudness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't want it to be, and then I'll place it slightly different in my mask. But um, 
but certainly if I want to project, yeah, I'm, uh, and most, um, a good majority of the jobs require that I project. So I am, um, I'm thinking about the sound starts in my, uh, in my low sinuses. That's the only way I can, I can say it literally starts in my low sinuses. So Nothing happens I in my throat. Do you? Oh, sun. You know, there's different like vocal exercises that you can do. I know la 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 is very popular, but like, where's yours? Um, you know, I haven't. I I used to sing. Uh, I actually used to sing before I started, but now I just I just think about starting a song when I'm in okay. front of the mic. So that's like. When I make that sound, it starts. It starts in the lower part of my face. It doesn't start in my throat at all, at ever, for any reason, unless I happen to have a character who talks down there. But you don't want to do that very much because it's really hard on your vocal yeah. cords. <laughs> I would imagine. And even if I have a a character that talks like this, I'm still putting the sound mm -hmm. in in the mask. It's only a, it's a little lower in the mask, but it's not in my yeah. throat. Yeah, I can imagine that. Like I know if they were asked me to do some of this stuff, I was like, uh huh. I have no idea how to deliver that voice if you want that specific. I was like, I'm not the right candidate for you. But I can help with voice act, voice over, like, uh, video stuff like that. I do, I, I have experience with that. Uh-huh. But I think with voice over with me, most of the time it was, like, short recording. Yeah. A lot of times they, like, in a video business... You have like maybe 15 employees and you don't have much time to get a voice so you get that recording for like a quick project kind of thing? Yes, yeah, but yeah. I know a lot of videographers that do their own voiceover too, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you yeah. know, it's also very easy to think of a voice to do your own voiceover. I've done a little bit of, yes. I did like a narrative video, video was I was... Do I did a video essay and I recorded myself doing it, and uh -huh. I like, take my time recording it all in one session. Yeah. So that was like a a reflective essay about nature and the impact of the world and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So you know, I put that in my portfolio of videos I've made and me recording yeah. that. And I still have it. It's kind of cool that I can just look back. It's like, oh, this was a neat idea that I had in my free time that I did, and, you know, here's the other videos I've made kind of thing. It, yeah, it was yeah. not like a... It was like school-type projects. I was in TV production, so we actually had a program teaching us, like, light design, sound design, how wow. to voice out, voiceovers, changing wow. that. Uh, I would yeah. make opening credits for a particular, like, lunch menu or clubs, sports. Uh -huh. We yeah. had a teleprompter. So I, I even had the experience being in talent, reading the, the script on the teleprompter. Wow, that's... I, yeah, uh, that's, that's <laughs> not easy. <laughs> so, 
So I was like, yeah. uh, I don't know, even shooting the camera, doing like different camera angles, uh, yeah. following, like literally setting up, taking down grappling on the lights and setting them the, the different key light, base light, fill light, model, wow. the triangle, trying to get the perfect lighting situation. Yeah. It was lots of fun. I still want to do that. I just, you know, I've taken a step back from that because, like, at base value, it's very entry level. So it takes, like, 10 years to get, like, a huge promotion yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But that's yeah. kind of one reason why I went to podcasting was because of that. I still... Yeah. It's still small small in uh, production-wise with audio recording and cover art and a description yeah. of the video. Yeah. And I also feel yeah. like I'm, in a way, as a host, I'm like a mini producer. and want to make my own content. Yep, you are. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah. And, you know, it's been kind of interesting finding people to fit that criteria. It's just, like, it's a lot... I've been over-ambitious, and so I'm taking a step back to get everyone filled out and then go back to the over-ambitious part. Uh-huh. So it just makes sense to me. It's like, well, what do I want? Well, there's lots of people that qualify. Here we go. Yeah. And that's just how it came to be. Yeah. And do you find that voice acting does that for you, too? Yes. Um, you know, I, I taught myself to how to edit and produce audiobooks. So I not only narrate, I also, you know, edit and master and the files are ready to upload to Audible. So, okay. so yeah, I'm, you know, I taught myself to be a producer. It's editing. I find editing to very be very tedious. That's <laughs> my favorite part. Yeah. The time I spent uh, editing sweet was actually the best time because you really pick pick point what you wanted to do you storyboard everything like i even did that for a what black history month i actually wow. did a voiceover to read a, a uh-huh. custom script so i had to get a script record the script and there was only one person in the mass communications class who had that deep radio show voice like persona about them uh-huh. he, he had that deep rich video host yep. The radio personnel. So I used them, and it went out really great, and he took the time reading the script. I had to make sure I wrote a script because I wanted to see exactly what I wanted to be said, and then I edited that piece into the uh, footage, and I had to make B-roll footage, too. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, I planned out every B-roll footage, exactly which frame would transition to the next. It was kind of cool. Wow. Wow. And it was only, like, Maybe a minute long, but it took that much work to do because of. Oh yeah, it takes. Yeah, it takes. Yeah, it's a huge amount of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So, what is like some uh, personal projects that you wanted to do yourself? Like, you want to be the producer, the voice, and just doing everything. Well, right now I do that with my podcast. I put out a weekly podcast. 
Um, the thing I don't, the only thing I don't do is write the script. Well, okay. I do occasionally narrate my own writing, but generally um, I collaborate with writers um, on the podcast, but I, I narrate the story, you know, I edit, I put some, um, I have a special uh, music for my podcast that a local a composer wrote for me and you know I add that and um, so that's my and right, right now I'm I'm looking to expand that I'm I'm looking to um, work with some writers who have a series who've written a series because I'd like to go to a more serial episodic version of my uh -oh. podcast I haven't found anyone yet but I keep looking <laughs> True. So, in the podcast that you do, what is it called and what's it about? It's called Does This Happen to You? And it's funny stories about life and befuddlement. It's 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 weird things that happen when you're at the grocery store or out walking the dogs or at the gym or the stories are usually uh, nonfiction, mm -hmm. first-person, personal experience, and so they. Uh, uh, let's see what have what have been uh, some of the more interesting ones I've done lately. Oh yeah, the cat ate my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like the cat was huge enough to be like an anaconda. Uh, well, you know, the guy died and the cat was like, uh... Was he, was he cremated and <laughs> ate the cremation? What? Was he, like, cremated and the cat ate the dust? No, he died at home alone. Oh, no one was there. No one that. knew about it for several days. The cat got hungry. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yep. so, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The, 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 it's, a lot of the stories are, okay, if you wrote this as fiction, nobody would believe it. <laughs> so that's, you know, I'm looking for the weird, um, um, you know, the, the weird true stories. Yeah. So. Okay, I see how it is. That's. Sort of, yeah. It's like um, with, uh, YouTubers that, like, they would animate a true story and then tell that true story in the video. Yes. Yeah. And I, I do have a, I do uh, make uh, videos from my uh, podcasts and I have a YouTube channel that okay. they reside on. So, yeah. Yeah. And did the YouTube channel get, like, the views you wanted to get? Um, well, actually, I have, I didn't know if ever, if I get any subscribers, I actually have some subscribers, so. So, you said, like, you've reached, like, a thousand people or something like that? Uh, no, I've only got 26, but. <laughs> yeah, it's still a start. You know, it's, yeah, um, I think I started out with one, so. <laughs> 
somebody's, you know, there's people out there finding it interesting. I guess there's quite a few people that actually do listen to stuff yeah. on YouTube. You know, they don't watch, they yeah. listen. So. It's just like I found with some of my audience. I'm like, you know, I've had like 500 listeners so far. Yeah. The subscriber count is like varying because I have different platforms and the one that most of the time I find that it's actually the most is from Android. and But Android has all these different sites for the podcast. So like... Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, that's part of Android yeah, are they coming from? Because there's so many uh, services... On Android. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, yeah, that, that's the thing with podcasting. It's sort of all over the, you know, it's really hard to get a good read on who's listening because, you know, there's still no really good aggregator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have had more people listening and reviewing on, uh, Apple Podcasts, though. Yeah. I got a couple more reviews, so five-star reviews. So, yeah. Um, they've said, what, bite-sized fun. My podcasts are very short. They're about five or ten minutes. So, oh, bite-sized yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, mine usually go for an hour, but that's because of the content I cover. It's such expensive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just don't. Sometimes I can get, I'll do a longer story that may go 20 minutes, but that's that's unusual. Most of them are just, like I say, bite-sized fun. That was, that was good. It's like, wow, you know, a reviewer gave me some, a, a good thing. Yeah, bite-sized fun. Now you can use bite-sized fun as a, catch, as a catchy logo. Yeah, I think I'm going to use that as, yeah. <laughs> you put it in the bottle and it's like, bite-sized fun and lots more. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds funny. Like, oh, man. Let's talk a little bit about your, um, your audiobook that became a supposedly in the making of an animated project. Oh, yeah, Shere Khan, yes. Yes. <laughs> so what about that do you like a lot about? I guess it's a good example of starting with just, you know, uh, reaching out. What I did is um, I'm on Stage 32. It's a, it's a networking site specifically for the film industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, I'm, you know, I was looking out there for writers to connect with for my podcast, for stories. And I met a screenwriter who said, well, I've got a script. Um, and then we talked about, oh, well, she was sort of interested in making it into an audiobook. So I said, oh, well, I've heard of people doing that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I narrated The Magic of Shere Khan, Spring Rain. And um, it's, it's, it's basically about a, a magic cat. <laughs> and so I did all the voices, including Cleopatra the cat and a really mean CEO from the USA. Oh, I so, uh, <laughs> um, And so we put that 
you know, out there is an audiobook in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then she um, was looking for, so that, that was a way to introduce animators to the book. Um, because she had an audio copy, you know, of sort of what it sounded like with the narrator and stuff. And um, then she found an animator who was interested, and he's the one currently, and he's, he's not, he's a well-known animator, mm-hmm. um, Todd Showalter. Oh, okay. And um, he's, they, they've been taking it to the next level, and she expanded the script. So it, it, it's, it's an episodic animated series that they're trying to find. Right now, they're trying to find funding, and I'm attached to it as um, one, one major character and maybe a few minor characters. So, so. we probably you roll into which, what was the character they thought you were the best fit for? Uh, I am the wise universal being, Aminette, <laughs> that is the mentor for Shikhan. Because that's oh my, my voice, you know, I'm, my voice <laughs> lends itself to the wise older woman. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. So it's like you reached an epiphany moment. It's like, oh yeah, I just realized that this is uh, who I was to be. And yeah, I kind of like to give more to this project because I was the mentor for the audiobook, so it kind of fits. Yeah, yeah see, I, so I was, I was, I started out attached to because I'm the narrator for the audiobook, the main narrator for the audiobook, and then that gets me as the, you know, it goes <laughs> on through the process to become an animated series that I'm still attached to it. So, so it's just sort of you know, starting out small and then things can grow if you, you know... Work with it and... Get, take advantage of it, yeah. Yeah, when the opportunity comes forth before you... Yes. Do you make it big? Do you make it small? Or do you just continue with the project you have and yeah. run until you go to another book and do another audio book? Like, there's different yeah. ways to attract it. And one yes. way... Is uh, book to audio book audio book to an animated series? That's yeah. a tertiary uh-huh. <laughs> adaptation of the of the same book. Yeah, yeah. Because any radio yeah. drama or audio book is a sometimes if there's not currently a movie or anything, it's a secondary adaptation. It's still reading the book, but that. It's changing the entire aspect of what the book feels like. Yeah. Because it's so transformative in nature of the original content that it's actually a standalone in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an audience for that, and there's also an audience for the audiobook. Sometimes the reader will read the entire book. And they love it so much, and they found out the book is on, like on DVD. They will buy the book on DVD and listen to it. They listen to it now. The yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, that's most of the market is the transition from the original audience to the new audience in the audio book. And some people just read the audio book, which is fine. 
I've read books myself and the audio version, so I like both versions. It's just sometimes I found that the audio book was intriguing to listen to and I can follow along, but I usually had the book in front of me to follow along, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's called, um, Audible calls that Whisper Sync. Yeah. Whisper Sync? <laughs> Whisper Sync, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> The whispers of the audio is coming to my ear, my synchronization of reading the book to myself. I follow yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they had a tome. I just, that's just what I did sometimes. I didn't know I had Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now it has a tome, so I'm, I feel more enlightened than before. Uh, yeah. Learn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, different things have like different meanings and different names. I don't know. I I really think that the audio gives so much power to so many different projects. That's another reason why I kind of went to audio only in my podcast because I found that live streaming was still audio, but I had to include a visual. Oh, yeah. Like, since I yeah. could not film myself talking in live time, I had to, I couldn't do a shared screen and my, my face at the same time. Instead, I just focused on my webcam on my computer screen with my presentation. I made a PowerPoint. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. It was interesting, but it just, it was so much more work. That I didn't need to do. That's why I transitioned to podcasting. But it took yeah, so long yeah. to realize that podcasting was my niche area that I love so much. I didn't even think uh, about podcasting. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, huh. I had missed this entire market. And not <laughs> only being recently introduced to a VTuber's, uh, VTuber's channel. I uh -huh. clips of their podcast. It's like, if they can do it, why can't I? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So I called my original co-host of the live stream. We did a couple episodes, and then he got so busy, so I started finding uh -huh. more co-hosts. Yeah. Now I actually have a regular co-host I reached out to on, on Indeed. So... Indeed.com is a really good way to hire people looking for different projects. I found that out. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. You get a lot of people interested in applying. I think I did like 15 interviews before wow. the person I wanted. Wow. Wow. But I also did other interviews with, with uh, uh, an editor for my blog, and then also a writer for a story that I wanted to do for a particular wand that had like all these stones on it. And that just crumbled uh -huh. together. That didn't want, work the way I wanted to. So, <laughs> so yeah, I have I have experience hiring people and doing interviews, which is something wow. that I didn't expect. Doing these like I'm no kidding, yeah. blogging and podcasting, and just finding a, a writer to do the story. I don't know. That's that was unexpected for me. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, but you're, yeah, learning new things. Yeah, <laughs> when I did all the interviewing, it kind of, I guess it kind of prepared me for more of the streaming aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm doing like, I don't know, this week was like six interviews with people. Wow, that's great. Well, Podmatch had me ranked number 12. Whoa. <laughs> I was like ranked number 3,000 like two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I don't even know what this system is. <laughs> so, wow. I constantly have to check podcast because uh, Podmatch because of the messaging system. I was like, ah, I don't know who's calling. I know, it's... it's- it's kind of wacky, isn't it? You know. <laughs> oh, I get that weird email notification of the, the, the oh, you have someone who's went on your scheduling link and scheduled this interview. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did they, they must have yeah. went outside of Podmatch and scheduled the interview by manually? <laughs> yeah. They finally get your camera link. The, the link and you can do it outside of the website so you yeah. get a notification yeah. for it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because sometimes it's like who's gonna who's in my interview so if it doesn't show up it shows up on the uh, my email so like I have to keep track with this and keep track with that and I was like ugh. <laughs> yeah. Because not everyone's on Podmatch and there's like other people reached out from radio guest list who want to do interviews too so <laughs> but I'm having fun with it, you know, even though I include yeah. my episode oh, yeah. upload content to like uh, twice to what I originally was doing, two times a week. I was now I'm doing four times a week to keep up. So, yeah. Uh, still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay. So, with your voice acting as a whole, um, what do you find to be most intriguing? Narrating a fiction audiobooks with multiple characters. That's that's really a big challenge. The 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 uh, the audiobook. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like nonfiction audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I find them a little more fun to, and it's it's um, it's like okay, how do I make this material interesting? Mm-hmm. You know. Because uh, I listen to some nonfiction audiobooks and it's like, okay, I'm gonna go to sleep in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so tired because you what you work like an eight-hour shift trying to do this project sometimes. I uh, no, it's just uh, if. It gets boring really quickly. Oh. Um. So. Yeah. Um, and the thing I most enjoy about voice acting is combining my acting and singing skills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any project that you had yeah. to do a bunch of singing for? 
no, no, not, no, don't sing a lot anymore. I just, I just use my singing technique every time I step in front of the mic. Yeah. Yeah. But don't sing a lot anymore. True. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess once you transition from your singing career to voiceovers and voice acting, I guess it's been a yeah. change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and with voice acting, I get paid. <laughs> True. It's really hard to get paid to sing. Let me do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to have like that big voice and continuously do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, through your connection of voice acting, what is one area that's the most impactful, that you find just to be the most exciting thing ever? You know, it's, um, it's, I just, uh, well, that's a hard question. I get a huge amount of satisfaction when I finish a book. Okay. When I finish an audio book. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. It's really cool to, you know, narrate and produce the book and say, here it is, and then anybody can, you know, listen to a sample and, uh, yeah. So I get, yeah, it's just um, telling this great satisfaction out of telling the story well. Okay, I can I can see that, and and you know sometimes my questions can come. Uh, my questions can can be random at times, but also they're very difficult to answer depending on what I ask. So uh-huh. <laughs> she did pretty well on that one. <laughs> but you know that's just kind of who I am and how I conduct this interviews and stuff. I, yeah, I don't I don't yeah. make it like an interview; it's like a conversation. Yeah, yeah. So in the in the closing part of the podcast, what? should the audience take about voice acting and overall general appreciation for the the craft? That it, even if you have an acting background, it will take longer than you think and it's harder than you think to, to you know, learn voice acting. Mm-hmm. Um... But it's uh, it's the wonderful way to use your voice in all sorts of different ways. Um, there's just so much variety out there and so much you can do with your voice. It's just really rewarding uh, to be able to do all that variety. Yeah. Okay. So even if you're a trained voice actor... Even if even if you're a trained actor, Mm -hmm. voice acting takes special more work. It's yeah, special training, and it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, 
it's not easy at all. Um, usually, you know, if you're in a film or you're on stage, you've got other actors that you can react, that you're, you know, they're feeding you something to react and play against. And with voice acting, you don't have any of that. You have to come up with it, you know, as you're there in front of the mic. Yep. <laughs> you you, you got to imagine it, yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode. Think of voice acting as the actors in a silent film. There's no sound, but they have to do everything exaggerated through their actions. Instead of actions on film, it's the voice that's exaggerated in voice acting. Yeah. So, uh, her link will be in the description below. Um, you can find her all the works that she does and overall the projects that uh, Miss Kipsey does. And where is that again? It's www.chriskepler.com. Alright, well that wraps up this episode. Thank you for coming on. And maybe the audience takes a little bit niche area and interest in uh, voice acting. Thank you so much. All right.